living in a difficult day when people are shocked because you're honest. Um, one day I, I went to the store and um, I had uh, bought something and it was, it was under $10. And, uh, and so they told me the total and I handed the lady a $10 bill. And uh, she gave it up and she gave me back my change. And she said, here, sir. And she gave the change and she put the change in my hand. And I did what I always do. I always take the change and kind of put that in my pocket. And I looked and I realized that she gave me change for a 20. Okay. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I looked at it and I said, I did the math quickly in my head. And I said, that's not right. You know? Um, so I looked over, I said, ma'am, you gave me change for a 20 when I gave you 10. And so this is yours here. And she was like, like her jaw dropped a little bit. And she was like, I am so sorry and thank you so much for being honest about that. And I remember that moment thinking to myself, it's not a big deal, right? But there are situations where people have gotten fired because this happened more than once. Or it comes out of their pocket. If you've ever been in retail, you realize that if your drawer is short, it comes out of you, right? And your situation. So... Uh, I was blown away by that as I thought about that. And I thought to myself, you know, that's the world we live in today where integrity and honesty blows people's mind, you know. And while it was something as simple as just a little change, you know, giving back, you know, hey, this is a change for 20. It was, uh, I gave you 10. Something that simple for her was, wow, this person could have kept it, but they didn't. And so you can turn on the television on any given day and you can see an athlete that has been caught in a situation. You can turn on your television and see a a particular politician that's been caught with a second life, a Christian leader who had another life, maybe even a close friend who had a double life. And you're going... What is happening in our world today that this is what draws people to do some of the things that they're doing? And I want to talk to you this morning about our fourth kingdom code. And here it is. Are you ready? Integrity. Integrity. The first one we talked about was honor. Everybody say honor. Second one was gratitude. Gratitude. Right? And last week, we specifically begin to address the idea of loyalty. How loyal are you to God? And how loyal are you to your fellow man? Our motto here is to love God, love people, change the world, right? You can't do that if you don't honor, if you're not gracious in gratitude, if you're not loyal to God and man. And then last, this integrity piece, watch this, is so important to so many areas of our lives. And I'm going to uncover that in a few moments. So this kingdom code is going to be based out of Psalm 15. And some of you heard it earlier. It's what we opened our, our service with. We're intentional friends when we open up and we put our services together. We want to tell you that you cannot be shaken if your integrity is intact. Now watch this. I don't know about you, but I want God to be pleased with me. 
How many feel that way? How many feel like I want, when I stand before God one day, I want God to be pleased by me? How many can say, uh, so far it was a rocky start? Anybody, anybody had a rocky start? Some of you are like, yeah, you should have saw me this morning, Pastor Tony. I'll tell you what. Trying to get those kids out the door in time. Right? So it's a rocky start sometimes. And some of us would admit we're less than stellar at getting, you know, all the questions right. But I love what First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 17 says. If you have your Bibles, turn there. First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 17. And it says this, I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with what? Integrity. Integrity. God is pleased when you honor your word. God is pleased when you say something and you mean it. How many of as parents, you ever had hollow threats? How many ever gave hollow threats as a parent? You're like, if you don't do this... And then you say, and you're like, I'm really not going to do that. Why did I even say that? You ever had a hollow throat? You ever given a hollow throat? I've done it. And I told myself before I was a parent, because you know everything about parenting before you're a parent. How do you know what I'm talking about? You knew everybody's business. That shouldn't be handled that way. I'll tell you exactly how I handle that. And then you have a kid, and you're like, I don't know what to do. You're in the corner. You're in the corner eating chips, and just don't bother me. I just want in a fetal position. What is wrong with you? I've been with the kids all day. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, you've been through those moments, right? And so, you know, I find that, I find that there are times when God is saying, I am pleased when you live a life of integrity. And, I don't know about you, but integrity is a very important piece of the kingdom. Because if they can't believe you, they can't believe the God you say you serve. Did you get that? If they can't believe you, they will not believe about the God you serve. Why should they believe you when you say and do things that are contrary to his word? I'm not going to believe that you even changed, yet your life was changed. Because your integrity is not intact. What is integrity? If we're being honest with ourselves, what is integrity? And so I came up with this uh, real simple definition. When your behavior matches your beliefs. When your behavior matches your beliefs. What's interesting is that the textbook definition of Integrity is a little, uh, a little bit more in depth, and I want to kind of read this thought to you. Integrity is found to be moral soundness, a state or quality of being unimpaired, wholeness, and completeness. To live a life of integrity means you're living a life of completeness. And I love that thought because it makes sense to those who don't live a life of integrity and saying, in other words, you say what you do and you do what you say. And your private and your public life, they match up. That's integrity, right? 
But what's interesting is the word completeness. Because we find that those who live a life of that lack integrity often are groping in the dark for something to fill the void. They're looking for something to fill that lie. They're looking for something to get approval from man. And so they'll compromise their integrity in order to get it. And they're never really complete. They never live life the way God intended it. They live through man's virtual reality. Mind you, it's virtual. Someone once said integrity is what you do when no one is looking. Integrity is what you do when no one is looking. Now let me look at integrity through this lens already. I want you to understand this. Reputation and integrity are two different things. Reputation, if you were looking at it by definition, a reputation is who other people think you are. Right? You can have a reputation as a tough guy or a soft, tender teddy bear. You can have a reputation as a hard-cutting-nosed woman or you can have that gentle kind of reputation. Whatever that looks like, it's a reputation. It's what people think you are. You can portray that. You can even lie until you get there. Because reputation, a lot of times, can be built on lies, right? I'm going to tell you a bunch of things that's going on in my life. You tell me which one is fake. Most people don't go, I'm just going to wait for the fake one and then point it out. No, you want to trust that whatever comes out of someone's mouth is true. But you ever met someone... And what they say is not what they really, really mean. Or what they say is probably like more likely a lie than truth. And you, you can't believe anything then. All the why? Because that integrity is tainted. Integrity or the lack of integrity is who you are. Reputation is who people see you as. Integrity is who you actually are. Proverbs 11.3 says this. The integrity of the upright guides them. But the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. I love that word duplicity. Because the idea is this. I don't live my life on one tier. Those who live their lives with a lack of integrity live dual lives. They live one way in private and another way in public. Listen, I don't care what you do on this stage. If, it does, if it's not backed in private, it will not show in public. Now listen, there's grace. So God will keep his anointing on you. And we've seen it and I've seen it in the music industry. I've seen it in, uh, in, in, on the pulpit. I've seen it in a lot of different things. God will grant you grace up until a point. And if you, if you blatantly go against God's spirit and his word and his will, he will strip you of your anointing. He may not strip you of your gift. He may not strip you of your gift. Because the Bible talks about that in, in, in I believe it's in Hebrews. It's in Hebrews or Romans, but it talks about how the gift of God is, uh, 
irrevocable. Thank you. It's irrevocable. And that gift may still be in you, but the anointing, God is not required to keep an anointing in a vessel that's tainted. He's not required to give you an anointing if you ask for it. He's not required. Integrity honors that anointing. Integrity feeds that anointing. Because talent, you can find talent anywhere, right? For just about anything. But it doesn't mean it's anointing. You want to be used by God. You don't just want talent. You can teach talent. I mean, no, I'm talking about. You can teach talent. You cannot teach anointing. That stuff is homegrown. That's prayer soaked. Us and the leadership team gather at 8.30 every Sunday morning here. We pray. For about 20 minutes, we just pray. Why? Because we realized that talent will not take you everywhere. There are realms in God's presence that will only be taken through his anointing. Come on, if you're taking notes, that's a good one to write down. There are places in the kingdom that God will not take you unless you have the anointing. And these past four weeks where we've been talking about kingdom codes, I don't know if, you've, if you subscribe to the podcast or you listen to the other ones. You want to you wanna hunker down a little bit and listen to these other three that I just preached these last three weeks. Honor, gratitude, and loyalty. These are forgotten virtues of the church. They really are. They're forgotten virtues in the church. And today, we're talking about integrity. And as we talk about that, I love when David said, Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? In other words, he's saying, you're so holy, we can't even stand or should be able to stand in front of you. Come on, turn with me to Psalm 15 right now. Psalm 15, verse 1, who may dwell in your sanctuary? We talked about Proverbs. We are destroyed by duplicity. In other words, trying to live two lives. God sees it and God will expose it. Because he will not be made a mockery of. Hello? I'm not preaching a lot of amens. That's okay. I mean, I'm preaching good. I'm preaching good. Psalm 15 verse 1, who may dwell in your sanctuary? In other words, who can enjoy your continual presence? Who can deserve that? None of us, right? But here's what he says beginning in verse 2 and follows. He says this. Watch how it's explained by David. Look at your Bibles and follow along with me. He who walk, whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous, that is integrity. Who speaks the truth from his heart, Involves integrity. And has no slander in his tongue. Integrity. Who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow man. Integrity. Who despises a vile man but honors those who fear the Lord. Integrity. Who keeps his oath even when it hurts. Integrity. Be a man of your word. A woman of your word, right? He who lends his money without usury and does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Integrity. He who does these things will what? Never be shaken. 
You know what I realized? Say this with me. Never be shaken. I will never be shaken. See, when you live a life of integrity, you realize that, listen, this whole life thing, God is asking us one thing. Do what you said you would do. Because we sing a great game. And I've heard this said even when I was a kid. I was 15 years old when I came to the Lord. And I heard this when I was 15. And it scared the bejesus out of me. Tell you what right now. I remember hearing this when I was, when I was 15 years old. Christians don't tell lies. They sing them. Man, that stung. That doesn't mean we don't tell lies. We tell lies. But we predominantly, most of us, we have sang, we have sang songs and didn't realize till the third song we sang what we were singing or who we were singing to. Been there. Been there. I won't ask you to raise your hand. But we've all been there at some point. Because the first song, you're just warming up. I just came out of the cold. Trying just to my back hurts. I just stood up. Why did it make us stand up? Why can't I love Jesus on my seat? And then the second song, you're warming up. You're not sure if you want to raise your hands. You kind of you're like, oh, my joints. By the third song, you figured out, okay, maybe I like this one. And then sooner or later, when you start to worship, this thing's over and you blew it. The whole set. You didn't have a, because it was about you. I'm tired. I need it. I, you know what? At the end of the day, it's all about him. So integrity involves a lot of things. And you know what God says? If you keep this part, you will not be shaken. The things that happen to you, God, you let it happen. So what's the deal? Let's do this. Show me why you let it happen. Right? So there are a few benefits to having integrity. Number one, four specifically, I want to share with you. And you can look at your bulletin and and see uh, in the handout that we gave you. Number one, you can walk closely with God. You can walk closely with God. There are benefits to integrity. And one of them is you can walk closely to God. Listen, those that have followed God's word have a sense of understanding where God is going with things. You don't have to ask Pastor Tony or Pastor Alicia or Pastor Christian or anybody else. You don't have to ask somebody else to interpret things all the time. You can go to God and say, God, show me what your word says about this. And you can walk with God. Listen, if the only time you get the word is on Sunday morning and then you decide I'm not going to go to church because I'm not being fed. You're missing the whole thing. Because you should be feeding every day. Right? We take care of donuts. That's on us. That's what we do. Freedom runs on... Okay, no. Right? And so, God has set his table and that is this, his word. We got to go out. We got to feed. Don't wait till Sunday to feed. Open the Bible during the week. Right? Multiple times. And feed. And God says, you know what? If you, if you get close to me, if you live a life of integrity. David said, man, who could dwell in the sanctuary of God? In other words, the more I get to know God, the more I realize, man, I don't deserve this. 
Has anybody ever felt like that? The closer you get to God, the closer you go, wow, how, how did I even get here? God is so good to me. David said, who could dwell in the sanctuary? God says, he who has integrity. Those that say what they do, do what they say. Those that are honest, those that, are, those that even if no one's looking, they do the right thing. You know why? Because integrity affects individuals. But guess what? If everybody in this room lives a life of integrity, this church starts to move differently. Did you hear that? In the same manner, if everyone in this room never honors their word, we would live differently too as a church. We would affect the community differently. If nobody in this room was true to their word, how different would our church be? Yeah, I would say that we're not a church. We're not a church. We're the YMCA with nice screens. Colorful videos. Nice trees. Well, that's what we are. And we're just a gathering of people, right? But because of the Spirit of God. And we live a life of integrity and we live right. And we say what we do and do what we say. One of the things I... I wanted to kind of liken this to is um, if I tell my kids, and I have, I tell my kids cruises, don't give up. And I impart values, family values into my children. I, I try to tell them this is what we do as cruises. You should have pride in your name. Have pride in your name, not a bad pride, good pride. Right? And I tell my kids, have pride in being a cruise. Have pride in, and these are the things that we are. These are the things that we're not. If At some point, after telling them what we stand for, one of them says to me, forget you, dad. We don't like your values. We're going to go do our own thing. We're going to live outside of the family values. What would be the result? Will I not love them anymore? No, of course I would love them. They're my children. But my communication with them would change. Just because of the nature of that turning away from. And also, the reality is that my intimacy with them would change. Because of things that I would normally share with them, they're closed to. So all of a sudden, that cuts that communication out, right? And all of a sudden, the moment by moment is dissected. Can I say this? Can I not say this? Our relationship is hindered. In the same manner, if you come in on Sunday morning and you want to live a life of integrity, you come in on Sunday morning and this is the only time you hear from God. You're limiting everything God has for you. Because God wants intimacy with you so you can be close and hear what he has to say to you. Are you following me? The moment you say, I want to do my own thing, God says, I love you still, but you want to do your own thing. So all of a sudden, God's not going to share kingdom secrets with you because you're not open to receive them you're just simply not open to receive those kingdom codes those kingdom revelation so you can walk closely with God number two you have to build a guide the Bible says that the integrity of the upright guides him you're not going to have to sit around going you know if I do this thing It's a little bit gray, but I think it's okay. 
Listen, when you live a life of integrity, you know what's right, you know what's wrong. If, if in doubt, do without. Your integrity will guide your actions. And I've lived that model for a long time. And I've slipped up in my life, made mistakes and go, man, I doubted it. But I thought, you know, no, I can do this. And it, and it didn't work out. If in doubt, listen, do without. If it's going to cause someone to stumble, do without. Just because it's, uh, you can do it doesn't mean you should. Amen. Have you ever felt like... Um, <laughs> Let me ask you this question. I'm going to be real transparent. You ready for this? You ever had one of those moments where uh, you felt like you needed a price break? And uh, not praise break, price break. And uh, you were tempted to give the wrong age of your child because you realize that the price is different. And you think to yourself, they don't really eat that much anyway. So should I, should I not? Some of you are smirking and looking at me like, do not ask me to raise my hand. But you at least have been tempted to some degree. You're like, well, he just turned. Right? And if you know, if you know my child, they really don't eat like a blank year old. Right? And you're thinking, hmm, I can save $5 on this meal. You know what I'm talking about? This is an integrity moment. Don't lie. Parents know what I'm talking about. That little price break, $1.99 versus $47.99. Okay, it's not really that dramatic, but it feels that way when you're tight, right? You think to yourself, hmm, she just turned two weeks ago or three weeks ago. or That's an integrity moment. And God does not honor Moments that are compromised. See, what is convenient often overwhelms what is right. What is convenient often overwhelms what is right. So watch this. Number three, you have a constant peace in your heart. Jesus had a problem with people who didn't live a life of integrity. You can say what you want to say and do what you want to do. But at the end of the day, if you call yourself a believer... You have to live a life of integrity. Church, look at me. It affects everything we do as a church. Everything we do. If you say you're going to be on time for for an assignment, if you say to someone at work, you're going to be there. If you say to your neighbor, I'll be there to pick you up so you can go get that car fixed. Your word is what you have. If that goes down, nobody can regroup that but you. Right? Because if you fail somebody with broken integrity, right? And someone says, no, but that person normally is this or normally is that. You know what? You may get a benefit of the doubt, but they will not forget the broken integrity. The thing that you had a chance to do, but you didn't. Friend, it affects the kingdom. There are people that are no longer living a life for the Lord because someone has compromised integrity. There are people from this church and all churches in the area and globally that don't go to church anymore because someone said something and offended them or hurt them that wasn't true 
or they broke a promise or they did something that wasn't right. And all of a sudden there's injured and feelings are hurt and all these things. And people say, I'm running. And they don't run. When people get hurt, they don't run. Most people that are hurt by the church don't run to the cross. They run away from it. Hear me. The world, when they're hurt, sometimes they'll run to the cross. More pe- Listen, and this is, this is blowing my mind because it's true. Because as I think about this, it's true. And I'm, I'm kind of gathering even as I'm speaking. The people in the world are quicker to turn to the cross after being hurt than the people in the church. Because they equate the church as God. They equate the church as the cross. Friends, look at me. I will fail you. I will let you down. I will make mistakes. Not on purpose. But I will fail you. If I fail you. If this church fails you. That's not God failing you. That's man being man. Doing what we do best. Right? Living broken. Do we want to? No way. I want to encourage you. I want to build you up. That's my job as your pastor. My job is to, to, uh, to disciple you, to go into the world and change the world. That's my job, to equip the saints, not to be Jesus for you. I need you to get that because revival will happen in your heart when you start realizing that if I get hurt, I got to go to the cross. If people hurt you, Go to the cross. Because people in the world often come run to Jesus quicker than some people in the church. Because they equate the church, the leadership, and all these things as God. And we are not God. Nor do we ever claim to be. But here's what I am. I am an extension of God. I have the opportunity to infect your life in a, an amazing way. To rather affect your life in a great and positive way. And you have the obligation to do it to somebody else. Are you feeling what I'm saying? So here's a thought. What is your integrity worth to you? Warren Buffett said this. It takes 20 years to build a reputation and five years to ruin it. Excuse me, five minutes to ruin it. It takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. If you think about that, you'll do things differently. So what is your integrity worth? What is your integrity worth? Maybe taking something from work that's not yours, integrity check. Maybe you falsified an expense report, integrity check. Overbill, because the client can afford it. No, no, nobody's hurt by it, integrity check. You cut some corners or exaggerate a story, impure images, or you cheat on paper, integrity check. Friends, Job said, My integrity is worth more than my life itself. You know the story of Job, right? Whole life was stripped. And you know what he said? As long as I got my integrity, I will love and worship my God. When you have integrity, it's all that matters. When you don't have integrity, that's all that matters. It's all that matters. So what do I do if I don't have integrity? As the, as the worship team comes and prepares here. What are we going to do? Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to realize 
that when I live a life of integrity, there's a couple things I need to do. Number one, let's look at that. Number one, you can, nope, not that one. When we realize that we don't have integrity, number one, we got to get to know Jesus, right? We got to get to know Jesus. How do we develop integrity? Get to know this Jesus I'm speaking about. You with me? Look at me. Get to know Jesus. You don't have integrity. You're still lacking integrity. Get to know Jesus. That's why we worship. That's why we come before the King of Kings. To get to know Jesus. And number two, look at me. Number two, start doing what he says to do. Come on, let's do that together right now. Let's bow our heads across to him. Father, thank you. Thank you that in this place, we can come to know you. Lord, I pray today that we will become a people that honor your word. That, Lord, we would look and see what you're calling for us to do. And I pray today in Jesus' name that, God, you will help us to live a life of integrity. I pray today, oh God, that we will be a people who live the extension of Jesus to someone else around us. Lord, these kingdom codes mean so much to you as your word has explained it. God, I pray that they would mean a lot to us. Lord, I pray today that we will realize that none of us are exempt from this. From the youngest saint to the most seasoned saint, none can claim that they have arrived. God, none of us can. Integrity is a check that anyone can bounce. Help us to realize that we are your people in the extension of you. In Jesus' name I pray.